So for those of you who may be new to uh, this liturgy, uh, as you can tell, Mass begins in a, in a different kind of a way where uh, the priests come in and they lie prostrate. So the Mass doesn't begin with a, a sign of the cross because it's one liturgy, as, as Father today was explaining yesterday. The Thursday, Friday, and Easter Vigil, it's one liturgy. It's one liturgy all broken up into, into three parts. So this liturgy begins with a, a particular kind of a, a gesture of humility or a solemnity in that the priests come in and lie prostrate. Now this is very symbolic also of uh, our priestly, or, or, or reminds us of our priestly ordination. During that liturgy, uh, the priests are, or the seminarians at the time, the deacons, will lie prostrate uh, during the litany of the saints. Now, there are various uh, meanings behind that, but one of them is that as priests, we're supposed to be a bridge from where people are to where God is. We're supposed to bridge that gap from where people are to where God is which means we also have to know where God is. Otherwise, we can't build the bridge in that direction. So we have to know where God is and build a bridge then from where people are to where God is. And after you have the bridge built, or if, maybe if you are the bridge, how do people get from where they are to where God is? They walk on you. They walk on you. You are the bridge. Even like uh, pontifex, right? The, the, the word for, for pope, the Latin word for pope is pontifex. Uh, ponte is, is the Latin word for bridge. The bridge gets walked on. The bridge gets, the bridge gets traveled on. But that's, that's your vocation, that people can go. It's, it's not that we, do, we, we don't just kind of, I don't know, give people nice rules or nice, tell them nice things. We have to allow people to walk on us to get to God. And that's uh, exemplified in everything Jesus does today, everything that we've heard uh, in that gospel there which, um, if you ever heard the expression adding in insult to injury, like adding insult to injury is uh, it's so well described by everything that happens in the Passion. So ordinarily, you've, you've committed a bad crime, you've murdered someone, or you've stolen a, a great deal, whatever it was, you'd be condemned to crucifixion. That was, it was only reserved for the worst of the worst, but condemned to crucifixion, which means uh, you, the crowd would jeer, you get your cross, you're nailed to it, and you die after a couple of days. That's not what happened here. <clears throat> what happened here is, is insult and insult and insult and insult to the injury. So firstly, he scourged to within an inch of his life, and many argue that ordinarily he would have died just from the scourging, because they went way past what the standard Roman scourging was. Uh, so like 40 lashes for, or 39 lashes for the Jews, which would still be fairly horrific, um, in the, the filming of, of The Passion of the Christ, uh, there's a, a scene where the Roman soldiers are scourging Jim Caviezel, the actor. Um, they started off using canes. So they started with canes, and then they moved eventually on to the, uh, the, the leather whips with hooks and various things, glass and uh, maybe bones at the end of the, the leather straps that would dig into the skin and pull the skin off. But during uh, the scene, while they were filming it, they put a, a board... On, on Jim Caviezel's back, and then the camera was, was, was filming from the front. So then they could strike, but they'd strike the board, right? So obviously the camera can't see that, but it allows the soldiers then to give a good owl, a good, you know, you don't have to act if you're actually doing it, right? So they can give a good wind-up and good smack. Um, but on one occasion, because of the angle of attack, the angle that the soldier came in at, he missed the board. 
and he hit the actor. Now, obviously, that makes it very easy to act because you don't have to act. If you're in excruciating pain, you don't have to act. But Jim said, I nearly passed out. One, la- one, one uh, strike of the cane, and he, but like, with a full wind-up from a grown man, he said, I nearly passed out. So that's just, and that's like nothing in comparison to what the Lord went through. So then after that, then to, be, to be, have a crown of thorns, again, that, this, isn't, this isn't standard crucifixion practice at all. What's the, what's the crown of thorns about? The soldiers weren't even asked to do this. The soldiers weren't told, put a crown of thorns on his head and put a, a cloak on his back and make fun of him. That wasn't part of it. Insult to injury, insult to injury. Then he's presented in front of the crowd and the whole crowd shouting, crucify him. What did I ever do to you? Last week, you welcomed me into Jerusalem with hosannas. The week before that, I was healing, preaching and teaching. What have I done to deserve this? And then Pilate, to try and find a way out, says to him, look, you have this practice of releasing a prisoner a year. So who do you want me to release for you? This man or Barabbas? And the crowd shout, release this known criminal. Release him rather than Jesus. Interestingly, the man's name, Barabbas, Bar means son, and Abba means father. Release, Bar Abbas, release the son of the father, but not him, not Jesus. And it continues, it, like, it just, as I say, insult to injury, it's, just, it's, so, it's so awful. He carries his own cross, can't, can't manage it on his own, has to be helped by someone, gets to the top, stripped of his clothes, that's all he's got left in the world, is what he's wearing on his back. That's stripped off him and divided amongst the soldiers. And then his undergarment was that was of some value, was, was seamless. So they, they cast lots for it. So now you've got, again, insult, you've nothing left. Nothing. Nothing. Then you're, he was crucified and dies on the cross after three hours of agony. And then this, this idea of there being nothing left. Uh, when the soldiers then came to break his legs, if, if your legs would break, you can't support your weight anymore, so you're, you're going to hang and you actually die of asphyxiation. You can't breathe. So they were going to break his legs. But he had already died. He was already dead at this point. So they pierce his heart. And out of it flows blood and water. Blood and water. Water because there's no blood left. He has given himself completely for us. In, in a very, very cruel way, in a very violent way, but in a way that, that just showed there is nothing I will not do for love of you. There is nothing I will not do for love of you. This is how much I want you in heaven with me. This is how much I want, I want to forgive you. This is how much grace I make available to you. You have everything you need in me. In me you lack nothing. And so then this, the image that we can have like of, of if we're stuck in the, in the mire and dirt and, and muck of sin, is Jesus in some way intimidated or afraid to get into that muck and dirt and reach underneath us to lift us up out of it? You can't lift someone out of it unless you go underneath it yourself. You can't, it's kind of hard to lift someone out of something from the top. You have to get underneath them. Get into the dirt and muck yourself. As St. Paul says, Jesus became sin without sinning. He became sin. He gets into the muck and dirt and the, the violence and the anger and the, the, the rejection of sin and picks you up and washes us clean with the blood and water that flows from his heart. 
There's so much in, 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 these, in these Gospels, so much in these accounts. And all of it reveals this one thing, this the heart of Jesus, the love that he has for us, his desire for us. So as we, as we wait for the resurrection, as we wait for the joy of tomorrow, as we wait for the, the light coming into the darkness of the chapel, and then that light spreading around the chapel through each person holding their candle, holding their light, holding their faith, as we wait for that, we do so with the faith of Our Lady. Because each one of us in our own lives may have moments of darkness, moments where we're waiting for a resurrection, moments where we're waiting for renewal, we're waiting for new hope, we're waiting for someone's conversion, we're waiting for the renewal of our politics, we're waiting for the renewal of, of our families, schools, places of work, religious institutions, whatever it may be. We're waiting in, with an, an, an expectant faith that God will intervene, that the light will always overcome the darkness, and that the victory is solidly in the Lord's hands. Amen.